Hi, I'm Shannon. And I'm Perry. And this is our podcast, P.S. We, we have, have orders. orders. All right, Shannon, thank you for joining me on this lovely evening. Good morning. How are you? Oh, I'm I'm great. I'm an accountant and it's audit season. I'm fantastic. Thank you. How are you? Oof. Um, I'm still waking up. I was really woken up this morning by my neighbor's car being very loud per usual. So I'm not in the best of mood. But yeah, I'm currently waiting for housing to show up, or I should say maintenance to show up to fix an issue with our bathroom. So yeah, I get to wait and probably have to pause and run out and go let them in and run back. And it's, it's going to be a fun thing. And I hope it's a quick, easy fix. We could have an expose episode on the maintenance in Japan. <laughs> oh I mean, God. we could just talk about the horrors of housing. <laughs> no, no, that'll be it. Listen, I'm sure you and a bunch of other people have stories that we can all share at one point. I think there was like a news article dedicated to how badly some of the like government housing was. So we can make that its own day. Yeah, I mean, we, we've had half of our doorknobs pop off at one point in our house. That's awful. Like, Why? just, just boop, pop right off, and I'm like, oh, okay, cool, and we have to... I mean, actually, it was right before you guys came out, our bathroom uh, door handle popped off. So we had to have them come and replace it before you guys got here, so you didn't have to deal with the door for the bathroom, the only single bathroom we have to yes. work. <laughs> but now I gotta say, though, so, like, you know, you have, like, a... a problem with your toilet and you get to call maintenance and they come out and they fix it meanwhile i don't get that anymore i gotta say the first time there was something wrong with my house after i bought it i was just like what do i do <laughs> like my ice machine broke in my fridge and i was like i don't i don't know what to do if i don't call a landlord i don't know what step two is i feel like if your fridge keels over or does something it's not supposed to stop making ice I would think you'd have to call the company or wherever you bought it from. I mean, that that's my bad jab at it, considering yeah. it's only rented at this point. Right, yeah. I ended up, like, I googled Whirlpool Ice Maker Broken, and then they, like, send you to people in the area that, like, are distributors and repairmen for them. So, and then I'm also noticing for the first time in my life on the furnace and like on my gas fireplace and my garage door, there's little stickers that say who installed it and who to call. And I like I don't know if they're on all the houses I've ever rented. I just never paid attention Probably. before, but whole new world. It's pretty nice. Ooh, that's still, that's, yeah, I can, that's one thing is like, I look forward to for stateside next, depending on where we'll be, we can look at the, the housing market if it's going to be worth buying a house over renting again. But at the same time of knowing we might be moving every couple of years or right. do we want to basically, do we want to set up roots somewhere? And I know that's kind of a really big debate for even other military families. And, yeah, you know, we've sure. had friends that said that they've lost money when they've had to sell houses. We've had friends say they've made a lot of money. I mean, I have friends here that supposedly made like they, I don't want to say double, but they did really well on the house mm -hmm. they had in Florida and they sold it before they came here. Yeah. So well, one thing with our house here is that you know when we got it it was one of the cheapest houses in the subdivision um and it was because it was a military family that i think did lose money on it and they had to flip it and basically just sell it as fast as possible but 
we've also done a lot of work. Like we added a fence, we've changed and updated some light fixtures, you know, the whole house is brand new. And now right now we're finishing the basement. So we're adding another bathroom and we're adding another, I don't think you can call it a bedroom, but like an office space. So we're increasing like the livable square footage. So, um, and since we're doing all that work ourselves, we will be able to sell it for a lot more because of that. Yeah, we're, I've, I've kind of pondered like the idea of where we want to go. Cause I know for us, our family's still in New England. We want to go back to New England. For goodness sake, my husband misses now. Um, I yeah. really don't, but I miss, I guess, just New England life. I miss the um, the foliage for sure. I mean, it's weird living in a subtropical island that doesn't have, I mean, we have seasons, but we don't get like the fall foliage. We don't, I mean, we get, I mean, we definitely get a spring where it's like wet all the time and we get beautiful cherry blossoms, which are starting to come into season now. So... I mean, yeah. that's exciting, but I'm, I don't miss snow because I don't miss the anxiety of driving in the snow. Right. And that's one thing that does make me extremely anxious of where we end up next is we will most likely end up somewhere that will have snow. And I have not driven in snow since we lived in Germany, which has been, it will be at that time four years. Right. So. And even in Germany, said, like there wasn't snow yeah. like there was in New England. It wasn't five no. months of snow on the ground. It was like no. a few snow days here and there. So, sorry, today's topic is actually not about housing, cars, and de- that great debate. So, something that both Perry and I have dealt with in the past, and I'm currently still dealing with, is school. And I know that's something that people have, I see on Facebook pages, I know Perry has seen stuff on Facebook pages about school is it worth it is it you know is it something you should invest your time in especially because i know we all know we move every couple years i mean some of us move every two years some of us move every four to five to six years is it really worth putting that time and that investment in yourself so i guess perry what's your perspective on school yeah so i think i have kind of an interesting mix of schooling because I started school at a university. I went to Liberty University, which is hilarious. And I lived in the dorms and I had the roommate and I participated in the college experience and it was great, kind of, but it was very expensive. I did get a really good education there for sure, but it was very expensive. So I had to voluntarily slash involuntarily make the call to switch to a state school. So I ended up coming home after my freshman year and I enrolled at Grant State College, which is where I finished out my bachelor's degree. I was doing basically night classes because that's what it was designed for, people that work full time. I did that. And then when I was halfway through my junior year of college, um, that's when Will and I moved to Germany. And so I ended up moving over full time, which thankfully they did have a full time program. So I finished out in Germany, which was fine. You just had to remember that midnights are different times. So you have to make sure you get all your deadlines in. And then I was done for like a year, a year and a half. And for some reason, I got bored and I went back for my master's degree. And I literally started that whole process maybe like nine months before we PCS'd. And I started it like the day after we PCS and that was the worst because I'm in TLF and like of course you have to move like an Okinus move from Germany be I had to bring all of my textbooks with me I had to make sure I had my laptop I had to make sure I had a good internet connection it was a nightmare (laughs) 
but I got through it. Um, and then we moved again to our current duty station. Through all of that PCSing, I still had homework to do. I guess I would say it definitely is worth the investment, but it is a lot of work. But I think I had like a strange advantage because I was homeschooled my whole life. So moving over to that online format was super easy for me. So at the end of the day, if you are thinking about going back to school, I have tried all three options. I have done full-time school, I've done night school, and I've done online. And I think that it's all very doable. It's just how you manage your schedule. You, like, you did have some in-person classes in Germany, and then you had some hybrid classes, right? Yeah, I did. And now are you doing just online? Yes. Yeah, so my whole situation with school was very interesting because within the first year we were in Germany, something happened with uh, with a issue at home. So I ended up mm-hmm. flying home. I think it was like that yeah. February. I was home for about a month and change. Before that time, I was extremely frustrated because I could not find work. It was really kind of like a weird going from working, because I've worked on and off since 16, mm-hmm. and then moving overseas at 22, not having a job, not having anything. I kind of found this really weird depressive rut where I was like, what am I supposed to do? And I know when I met back up with my husband, he was like, I think I want you to go back to school. I think I'd be worth your time. And that caused me to start looking into um, UMGC. And I finished my associates with him. I just got general studies because I just wanted something to have on a piece of paper saying I did, I accomplished something over two, two and change years. And then I was going to continue with my bachelor's with them. And I loved it. I loved them. I loved the staff that I dealt with because I was able to go in person to ask questions. I didn't have to call on the phone at 12 o'clock at night because I actually was able to do two study abroad classes, one week in Ireland and then one week in Scotland. And both of those time frames that I went, I met some amazing people. The professor who ran it was, I, I loved her. She was beautiful soul, fantastic person. And I just had a great time. I made some friends that I still talk to now. It was just an experience that since I only was doing classes online or hybrid classes where you only met once or twice a week and did everything else online, you didn't really get a connection with your classmates. Yeah, you might have gotten some fun banter. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, so when I did my master's program, I did that online. What was interesting is, you know, at the end, you do your kind of like your dissertation. My school is called the Capstone Project, but essentially it's your your dissertation. Yep. And like we all did everything online, but then at the end, like you literally get, you don't just pass the class. You don't just like have a test. Like you have to present your information in front of a certified board of people. And they say basically whether or not you're allowed to have your master's degree if they think you earned it. So I went through two years and I just want to say that uh, about halfway through my degree, I had moved for the second time. I was living at the studio station by myself because Will had to go take a different training in Florida for three months. So I was by myself. I just started a new job where I looked at a computer screen all day. And then I started my master's degree. So I'd come home to an empty house with just Tina and Tubbs and look at a computer for another three freaking hours afterwards. And it was awful. It was very isolating. And I know like some other spouses that their their partners are overseas can be really depressing to go through it kind of alone but it's definitely worth it in the end because um this is side story on side story but just last year it was me and a co-worker were both up for a promotion 
And when she had been there slightly longer than me, like not much longer than me, but I got the promotion and it's not because she's bad at her job. I honestly think it came down to, I had the master's degree. Like I just had that little bit extra education. But that's, that's common though. Yeah. That's really common to see that because actually in the class I'm currently in right now, um, there's someone who posted actually in the discussion saying the reason why they're taking this class is because in their career, they're kind of at a standstill without a bachelor's degree, they can't move mm-hmm. up and they're losing out on promotions because yeah. of this. And I know even with the military, you hit a point in your career where they are happy you're doing X, Y, and Z to get promoted, but they want to see those yeah. degrees. My husband, for example, has already done his, he finished his associates back when we were in Germany. You know, he took some time off because we were mm-hmm. PCSing and then we moved here and obviously we had to get resettled. And I know for a while he kind of was trying to figure out what he wanted to do because when you're using um, TA, which is tuition assistance with the military, through the military when you're active duty, you're only really allowed to pick like what you're going to do and you're going to do that. You can't just flip around between uh, majors multiple times. You Yeah, what Will is going through right now is he wanted to go back to school because he has two or three associate's degrees. But he just needs to do mm-hmm. that bachelor's degree. You know, he's at a point where they're looking for that. And he already yep. transferred schools twice. And the, he's not allowed yep. to transfer anymore. So now he's stuck at this school that nope. he is not excited about attending. But he's stuck because he's using the TA. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what it comes down to. And it's something like I'm extremely proud of my husband for pursuing a degree. Because he wants to finish his bachelor's, by, um, I think, before we leave here. And that's where I'm at, too. I want to finish my bachelor's next year so that I can give myself a little bit of time to get into my master's. Mm -hmm. I understand the annoyingness that Will is dealing with, with bouncing around between universities, because I went from uh, UMGC to uh, Liberty for a short bit, and I did not agree with some of the... I don't know how to put this without coming off... Ideologies? Yeah, I was gonna say it's what a Christian Catholic. School. It's not Catholic. It's a. It's just a Christian school. You know, I so I went there in person my freshman year, and then I switched, and then Shannon started somewhere else, and then she went to Liberty for a while, and Shannon did not grow up for one in a Christian household like I did. So when they asked to make no. the Bible a reference for every single paper, I didn't really bat an eye because I kind of just knew. I'm like, okay, yeah, let's throw in some Isaiah, let's throw in some Psalms. I'll love it. But Shannon would literally call me and she was like, I don't understand. They asked me to put in a Bible verse. I had to Google Bible verses that have to do with this. And then they told me I was wrong. I'm sorry. This is not a scholarly journal. Like she was very offended that they would not take it. It was really, it was really hurtful because I, I did not grow up like that. I did not grow up going to church every Sunday but that's, that's why I end up having to leave Liberty because I was getting extremely frustrated. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> so y'all are like, you know what? This is for me. I'm gonna get a degree. Because let's be real, Shannon and I both got married young and it cut into our normal college time. So a lot of us spouses are either going to college because we're young and this is our first time, or maybe you got married and moved. Maybe you got married, had a kid, which is super common to have a kid really early on in the military. Maybe they're a little older now and you're like, mm, it's me time, honey. You're on the back burner. You had the last six years of my life. Hush. So I think it's good to know kind of the resources that the military has available for you. So Shannon, I'm going to let you start talking about the MyCAA. Yes. 
So this is a program that I have not personally dived into, but from what I know from other people, once you finally get it done, it is amazing because it can be up to $4,000 that can go towards a certification that can go towards your degree. I know he's working towards his degree. You know, he's even told me, he's like, yeah, it's covering my classes. It's covered books. It's covered, you know, it's coming X, Y, Z. I don't know about you, but $4,000 is a lot of money. Once you kind of get into it, you start applying, you get approved. That's when you and um, counselor will, they'll, they'll help you figure that all out. How it's going to be, what is it going towards and so forth but who can actually apply for this? This is what's important, remember this. It is for through E1 through E5, W1 and W2, and O1 and O2. So please, you can literally find this on militaryonesource.mil. If you need to even talk to your school about it, not your school, but um, on base to the education center, they have that information as well. Yeah, and we'll have the links in the show notes too of our yes. sources. And you can always email us and we'll tell you that too. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I think also since we're talking about certifications, I couldn't tell you the exact bill that was passed. But if you are a spouse and you earned a certification or a license in one state, um, and let's say you PCS to a new one, if because you have to get that license or the certification in a new state, there's actually a reimbursement program that the military has. And I didn't think to look it up, but I'm sure if you Google it, um, that is available to you. So um, they won't pay it out of pocket, but they can reimburse you. I mean, this is really important because that's one of the issues a lot of people deal with. You move around because you'll get certified in the state of New York, move to California, certifications are completely different. So the next big thing that is available to you, and this is lengthy, is the GI Bill, more specifically the post 9-11 GI Bill. So here's the deal. I got a lot of this information right from the military.com. I'm going to link this in the show notes. So strap in. <clears throat> the post 9-11 GI Bill can pay your full tuition and fees at school, provide you with a monthly housing allowance while you're going back to school, and give you up to $1,000 a year for books and supplies. The VA will pay your tuition and fees directly to the school. If you are attending a private or foreign school, the VA will pay you an annual maximum of $25,162.14. Basically, you can get discounted rates at a school you choose to go to. Um, it will pay for housing. Um, it'll pay for your books and supplies. And it will pay your tuition. You will not get a check. It will go to the school itself. Now, that being said, this is something that goes to your active duty spouse. And then they can choose to transfer some or all of it to you. Yeah, they can do a percentage if they want to, or if they can do, choose to do none. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can give it to you, or they can give it to their child. If you have a baby, your active duty service member can transfer it to the baby, and then they can just use it later in life. They don't have to use it right away. So here's some stipulations and rules that go with it, because there's a lot of kind of like a lack of clarity there. The military has to first approve the transfer of benefits. And then once it's approved, the VA processes everything. As a spouse, you actually do not qualify for the housing allowance because it's assumed that you're living with your spouse and they're already getting a housing allowance. But if it is given to their dependent, like their child, then that child can use a housing allowance because they would assume that at 18, you'd move out. So to get the GI Bill... As a dependent, you must be enrolled in the Defense Eligibility Enrollment Reporting System. And we all know that is DEERS. Yes. That's like step number one. You want to get that sweet, sweet TRICARE. If you give it to your child, the child gets married. 
that's fine. They can still use the benefits. No problem. This is fun. Ladies, listen up. If you want to milk your man for all they're worth and then leave them, you can still use it after you get divorced. (laughs) Isn't that fun? Just have them transfer it to you. Use it all up. You don't need them. I'm just kidding. Uh, They can take them back. (laughs) So yeah, if you can still use them. You can also apply to transfer benefits while they're on active duty. And then once they leave active duty, like if they go guard or something, it's too late. They can't transfer. They can still use it, but they can't transfer it to you. So the pro tip that the military.com gives is that while they're active duty is to transfer some, like let's say one month of the GI Bill to like all their dependents. And then after they get done in the military or their reserves or whatever, They can change how much of a percentage everybody gets, but they can't enroll a new person. So if you're kind of like on the fence of whether or not you want to be using this, have your spouse give you like a month's worth. And then later, maybe you decide to go to school full time and then they can transfer the rest of it over to you. So once the GI Bill is transferred, you might start using their benefits immediately. If the GI Bill is transferred to a child, they can only start their benefits after Their parent has been in for 10 years of service, and they have to have a high school diploma before they can use it. Then the last stipulation that I have for children is they can only use it until the the age of 26 years old. After that, they lose their benefits. If it's something that you and your spouse have talked about with pondering to give it to the child or give it to you or break it up between you and the child, that's that you have to have these conversations before they get it, while they're still in, not while they get out. Because that is just a whole other headache. Right. I mean, it's not even a headache. It just, it just can't happen. It's too late at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes one of the issues we always have is that you don't realize something was going to be become an issue or something's going to come up until you're already like six feet deep and you're like, oh, cool. We're here now. It's always good to educate yourself on things. I didn't use any military benefits or anything for my schooling. I started school before I got married. So I just took out student loans. Um, I went through and I filed my FAFSA every single year. I took my Pell Grants. I took my subsidized loans, my unsubsidized loans. Um, Shannon, do you want to talk more about that since you're in the thick of all of that still? And it's been a few years since I've had to complete FAFSA. Okay. So I'm actually in the same boat as Perry. I did not take any form of percentage of the GI Bill that my husband is receiving or anything. So I'm doing the same thing where I'm using FAFSA which is free application for federal student aid. So if you ever hear any any student, anyone who goes to school and goes, oh my gosh, I have to do my FAFSA, which is actually it's that time of year right now. Um, it is a headache. I've always seemed to always have issues where it kicks back or whatever it may be. But it's definitely something you want to use, even if you're going to get assistance or whatever. If you can use it, apply for it. The worst that's gonna happen, it's gonna tell you that you make too much, you're not gonna get, right. get anything. One thing with the FAFSA, it does take, I would probably say if you've never done it before, give yourself about an hour or two. Oh, I would it, say even more. Because it does take some time. You need to pull yeah. paperwork. Yeah, I would say even more because I remember when I first did it, I, I mean, I was living with my parents still, so I had to like get their income, get copies of like their last tax returns and like yes. then later was my husband's tax returns and mine and it's just, oh my God, it's such a headache. It is. So definitely have all your ducks in a row, have all your paperwork. Once your FAFSA is filed, it does take, I believe, a couple weeks for it to come back yeah. to you. While you're filing your FAFSA, you'll see what schools you want this information to be sent to. And from there, you'll drop in the school you're going to. Like right now, I'm going through S- SNHU. So I will drop that information to, to SNHU so they will be in the loop 
when my FAFSA drops, how much pale, pale grants I'll receive and what subsidized loans and unsubsidized loans I am capable of. Anyone who's ever gone through school or anyone who hasn't even gone through school and you're kind of pondering it right now, you're probably hearing all these terms of loans and money and yeah. no money and it's all really confusing stuff. Um, and I know when I first started applying for this stuff, I would call Perry and like <laughs> freak out going, I don't know what this means. Did I just sign my life away? Did I just sign off my first born I mean, yes. The answer is yes. But. (laughs) So with Pale Grants, these are normally awarded to undergraduate degrees. So this will come after you apply for FAFSA. This is what will drop down. This is money that you don't need to pay back. So once it's given, you will use it. Specifically, I just wanted to add the reason it's normally done for undergraduate degrees is because it's good for... Four years. It's like four FAFSA's submissions. They don't have to be all in a row necessarily. So it took me five years to get my bachelor's degree because of the moving around so much. I took some summers off and stuff like that. So I think it was my very last one. A Pell Grant didn't kick in. And I was like, oh my God, like what's wrong? I'm poor. Give me money. And uh, that's when I found out it was good for like eight semesters or, or four years. Yeah so, just, so. yeah. so just keep mindful of that. So the next thing is subsidized and unsubsidized loans. And this is something I did not know. And actually, this was one of the things I called Perry freaking out about. Subsidized loans, these loans are for undergrad only. These do not accrue interest. So that means when you accept them, they do not accrue interest. But the minute that you get out of school or you stop taking classes, I believe it's for six months or more, that's when your student loans will kick in and they're going to expect that money. And then unsubsidized loans are good for undergrads and forward. And this is what is used for associates, bachelors, masters, doctorate, if you're really that ambitious. These are the ones, the minute you accept it, you get them. You will see the interest grow, trust me. The minute that you start getting your um, letters in the mail or from the, I think it's studentaid.com, you'll be able to see the drop down of your um, loans and so forth. And you'll see the accruing over time. And I know there's, depending on who you get your loans through, you'll get emails or you get letters from them and it'll explain to you yeah they'll let you accepted. know oh yeah they want their money they'll, they'll, let, they'll you let you know. know like i had great lakes borrowers and they have an app so i literally just download the app on my phone so i could always check my status i could see what my loans were see which ones like my highest interest rate loans were so i could pay towards those and i could pay off those faster I would say whoever you get your loans for, whether it's Great Lakes Borrowers, Sally May, or one of the other hundreds of predatory uh, student lending businesses, um, just make sure you have that information as easily accessible because you don't want to, like, PCS, move, forget about it for six months, and then all of a sudden you're late on a payment because that hurts. Like, if you are one day late, they count that as a late payment, they send that to your credit score, and that doesn't go away for, like, seven years. Um... So if you're like me and Shannon, maybe you've already started school, maybe you're done with school already, and now you have these student loans. I have a friend, and for a while, her student loans were like $1,100 a month because of what degree she got. It was, you know, it was a hard degree. She went to the best of colleges to get it because when it comes to people's health, you don't want a crappy education. So one thing that you can do if you're having a hard time with your student loans is to consolidate. There are many different financing options that you can do that might be better than, let's say, I don't want to name any names. So let's just like make up like a lending company and let's call it like Sally Mae. 
Um, and so what can happen is you might have your subsidized, your unsubsidized loans, and some of them I think it's typically your unsubsidized loans can be a higher interest rate. I mean, six, eight, ten percent no even. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some of your loans might be closer to like four or three percent. So what you can do is you can find another party that will basically buy out your student loans and consolidate them. Maybe instead of 70% of them being six to 7% and 30% of them being 4%, they'll consolidate it all down. So they're all like 5%. So I didn't end up doing this, but one of my close friends did. They went through Earnest, which is a good option. I also know that Citizens Bank, Discover, Lending Tree and SoFi are other good examples you can look into. I actually looked on some of the spouses pages and I Googled consolidate student loans to see what other people were recommending. So those are other recommendations that that military spouses have given, just not us specifically. Definitely look into your options because, you know, Shannon and I both know people think military members get paid really well, but like, that's not really true. So where you, if you can save money, that's definitely one good option to look into. Do you have anything you want to add? Yeah, definitely when it comes down to the bottom line of how much is it going to cost. There are a lot of good schools out there that do offer um, discounts. See what they offer for dependents. See what they offer even for active duty members. You know, when you're accepting loans and all that, you got to keep in mind how much you're actually paying for these classes. And there's some things you really got to avoid when you are going back to school. There are some interesting things and even some interesting schools i know perry has been very (laughs) eagerly waiting to talk about so i'm gonna hand it over to her oh my gosh when we were talking about what 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 episode we would have today and we were talking about colleges i was like shannon shannon please let me talk about martinsburg please let me talk about martinsburg and so she did so we're gonna talk about martinsburg uh but very respectfully before I get right, so into my, yes. I was gonna say, before Perry dives into this, I yes, just want to put a little bit out there because I, I actually have not done a deep dive on this. The only experience I have with this school is um, when I got here, I started having military dependents invite me to social gatherings so they could talk about the school to try to recruit you. So when Perry talks about this, honestly, I have not dug into this. So I'm going to be shocked just as much as everybody else is going to be. <laughs> and it's really funny because I've gotten four or five people will will add me on Facebook and I will I obviously snooped on their Facebook back and I was like Martinsburg why why like so I finally I messaged her and I go hey do I know you from somewhere because she's another military spouse and she's like oh I want to tell you about my school Martinsburg blah 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 and goes on and on and on and I finally go so did you look at my Facebook page before uh before trying to add me because you're trying to add a total stranger first second off have you done any research of who I am she goes, of course, I would, I, you know, I have to look before I, before I add anything. And I go, so did you also look over the fact I was already going to another university? Oh, I didn't realize. So clearly you just lied to, to me saying that you did do your research when you didn't. And I'm sorry, but if someone's already working through one school, there's a very slim chance they're going to go to two schools. Cause that's what she tried to sell me on is try to go to two schools at the same time. <laughs> oh my God. And I flat out said to her, I'm like, I'm not giving my business. I'm not giving my money to you or your university. You were the fourth or fifth person who has bothered me about this. Mm-hmm. And I, I won't lie. I kind of ripped into her and I told her, I'm like, you, you need to stop bothering people you don't know. And I'm starting to see on Facebook pages, like in your bios that you can put up, people are actually putting, you're part of the Martinsburg 
university school and you're going to add me or try to message me about this, you have to Venmo me $15 because you're wasting <laughs> my time. I'm yeah. not even joking. Next time I see that, I'll have to, I'll have to send that to you. But yeah. I didn't realize it was an issue until I got here and it's, I, I don't understand this. So I guess uh, Perry enlightened me about this, about this pure shenanigans. <laughs> yeah. I have only had one person from Martinsburg reach out to me. It kind of all goes back to like our MLM episode, which I'm sure you all listened to our very first like episode. It. it really does where, sound like one. Yeah. Um, but what I said, I think I was working on my master's degree or I just completed it. It was a few years ago. So she was like, are you interested in our program? You can get certification. And I was like, I have a master's degree in project management and an accounting degree. So like, I don't need you. And she didn't say anything back. Like, I wasn't mean. I'm not a mean lady, but still. Okay. So as Shannon talked about, if you are part of a spouse's group, you probably have heard about Martinsburg College. They are notorious. Um, and they're talking about on Facebook a lot because they use Facebook as a marketing and recruiting tool. Before I really get into more of that tea, <clears throat> we're going to talk about some facts that are backed up and can, can legally explain in a courtroom should the need arise. So I went to the Martinsburg College website, like the About Us page, and I ripped this directly from that page. Martinsburg College has been providing online really quick. They didn't capitalize the C in Martinsburg College, which bothers me because it's not Martinsburg, <laughs> like it's not a college that belongs to Martinsburg. Like that's their name and their university and they didn't do correct capitalization, which anyways, moving on. So Martinsburg College has been providing online distance learning programs for military students, veterans, active duties members, and military spouses since 2004. Our experience in providing high-quality, workplace-relevant, skills-oriented programs dates back more than 30 years, which I thought was funny because they said they started serving military members in 2004, and then they said this goes back 30 years. I don't know if you can do math, but 2004 was less than 30 years ago. Hey, math is rough sometimes, okay? Math is rough for some people. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so, Martinsburg College, this time with a capitalized C, Offers a wide variety of certificates and associate degree programs, including Homeland Security, Healthcare, Information Technology, Finance, Telecommunications, and Electronics, and General Business. We are proud to serve all branches of the military, including Army, Navy, Marines, Air Force, as well as veterans and military spouses. Marsburg College is accredited by the Distance Education Accrediting Com Commission and strives to provide students the resources they need to build relevant skills and career build relevant skills and career nope build relevant, <laughs> build relevant skills and achieve career goals nailed it so that's what they're about they mentioned military twice they did math wrong once mm -hmm. and they had one wrong capitalization situation but if you've ever seen me type you know i do it too so that is martinsburg college I'm just saying the person who's in marketing is getting in trouble for that one. Uh, you know, yeah. Um, it is what it is. Something to know with that description, it does not offer bachelor's degrees. Uh, they only do offer certifications and associate's degrees. But if you are looking for a certification, might not be a bad idea. But the fact that they were accredited made me curious because I've heard allegations that they are not accredited. So then I looked into what is the Distance Education Accrediting Commission or the DEAC, which started, Shannon, guess when 
the Distance Education Accrediting Commission began. Like, just guess what year this company started. I'd probably say probably more recently, so probably in the 2000s at one point. My job is in, the, like, the less than, less than 20 years. Yeah, 1926. Oh, I was dead wrong. <laughs> I'm gonna go sit in my phone. I was like, I'm sorry. The internet was not around. The internet was barely around in, like, the 80s, and you're telling me there was a mm-hmm. need for... Okay, so then I told my husband, because I thought that was hilarious, I was cracking up, cackling. Because it doesn't make sense. So then my husband, who is a Googler, he is a scholar at heart, he went online and apparently there was a university in Illinois that would mail college work out to people and they would fill in their workbooks and mail it back and they would get graded. But I mean, they didn't have the internet back then. It's not like they could Google the right answers. So my brief history on the DEAC that I thought was super funny. Um, Interesting. And then what's also interesting, so I looked up their, kind of like their reputation, um, according to an article on the foundation.org, and it's ORG, so you know it's legit, two DEAC schools, Martinsburg College and Lakewood College, which I don't know what that is, we're not getting into Lakewood College, were among the institutes with the most service member complaints as released by the DOD for FY 2005. As an account, I say FY is fiscal year, Mm. so... In 2015, so the DEAC awarded both schools renewal of accreditation without conditions for a five-year period in 2014, but the reason that they were weird about it was they were like, this has so many complaints about their accreditation and their certificates and whether or not they're like useful degrees, Um, but there was an investigation, but nothing was found, and they are accredited. So I would like to say that for the record. So... Grab your napkins, I'm going to spill the tea. In 2019, which was not very long ago, there was a case called Martinsburg College versus Murray. And I looked it up online. I read the full case. So I got a pretty good idea of what's going on there. So what happened was, according to defendstudents.org, which has a nice summary of the case, Career Skills Institute of West Virginia, which does business as Martinsburg College, is an online for-profit college that recruits almost exclusively from the military community and has been the subject of public scrutiny regarding its aggressive marketing recipients of the U.S. Department of Defense grant available to the military spouses known as the... My CIA. And I, I remember that's always something I hear is they get associated with my CIA. Yeah. So in January 2019, so roughly two years ago at this point, a woman named Cheryl Murray, um, a military spouse, um, and an active member in the military community posted on Facebook to express her view that Martinsburg is a scam school that lures military spouses to enroll by advertising its participation in the MyCAA program. She said that, not me. This is a quote. What did Martinsburg want Murray to do? Like, why would they sue her? What did they want to happen? So Martinsburg demanded that Miss Murray either pay the school at least $250,000 or undertake a series of actions, including personally reaching out to the hundreds of individuals who shared or commented on her post. Imagine trying to reach every single person that sees a viral post that did across different military boards. Like, wow. that's what they wanted her to, her to do. And to tell them all, I lied. Wow. In a personalized manner, was it? So she couldn't copy and paste it. She couldn't just put up a recanting thing. No. 
So her defense team ended up saying that she was protected under SLAP laws, which are essentially laws created for prior employees to be able to speak out against. It's almost like a whistleblower cause for people to speak out against um, companies that maybe are doing wrong without getting sued. So that's what a SLAP law is. What's interesting and it's unsatisfactory is that the case was voluntarily dismissed in May. So this only went on for like five months, not even, which, you know, lawsuits, those can drag on for years. But what happened is Murray never had to do any of that. She never had to pay $250,000. She never had to apologize or recant what she said. They dropped the lawsuit. They never accepted that anything that she said was real and she never had to pay. So that says to me that they're kind of hiding something. They didn't want, they dropped it. Like they didn't want the case to ever go through the courts like that because, you know, maybe they knew it wasn't going to end well for them. I don't know. That's speculation. Um, But the fact is, is that ended in May, no further information. Okay. So I wanted to see if Murray's claims were shared with other people. And in order to do that, I actually went on indeed.com because that shows people that are prior and current employees and their reviews. There were some positive reviews. A lot of them said that the hours are really good and you know, you work from home and the pay is really good because it's $35,000 about. But like one person said, it's $35,000, but you might be working more than a 40 hour work week because you are required to have two socials a week, according to this person. That makes sense. And that also, that does line up because like I was saying here, I would go to her socials because I am a social human being and I like to go to socials, not because I was interested in the college information. I am sorry. And she would hold one twice a week. Um, You're also uh, supposed to be able to make so many cold calls, essentially, like cold message people. Two out of the six reviews that I read use the term harass people through Facebook Messenger. But basically what they were saying is that Martinsburg specifically recruits military spouses to work for them. And the reason being is that they have access to more military spouses. And we have the MyCAA, which is something that's free money that, you know, people are looking to use. And Martinsburg College is more than happy to take that from you and give you an associate's degree or certification. So that's something to look at. Um, This kind of parrots back to our MLM episode where, you know, it might be an MLM if they focus more on recruiting people opposed to the service or the product that they're actually selling. Martinsburg puts a huge emphasis on recruiting people, making those cold calls, reaching out through Facebook Messenger. Um, Three out of the six reviews that I looked at actually said that, and this is terminology they used, sorority-like cult or sorority-like girls. They say that, you know, getting together and having Martinsburg meetings is a bunch of girls almost giggling around their coffee that they get to write off, which is a benefit. I mean, if you're into Starbucks days with other girls, heck yeah, Martinsburg is a place for you. But they talk about how they get together and, you know, you're not only getting pressure from management to meet your goals and to get these numbers up and to reach so many people, but you're also getting pressure from your peers and your coworkers. 
What I also found really interesting is that um, according to one of these reviews, the Martinsburg representatives are actually encouraged to make a second Facebook. So they have like their personal Facebook and then they have what's called like their business or professional Facebook, which is what they use for Martinsburg recruiting. And they're supposed to put like pictures of like them and like their significant other, um, you know, like doing military things and blues and like post pictures of their families and stuff like that to look like a relatable person. But once you do that, you kind of get this stigma. And I think that's twofold. I think it's one side you want to make sure that you look perfect to represent Martinsburg. But on the other hand, if this profile is constantly on these military Facebook pages, like they're gonna get reported for spam. So in order for those military spouses themselves, the Martinsburg representatives to not get kicked out of these Facebook pages, they need to protect themselves and have their own personal Facebook page, which is not great because then we're just further isolating military spouses, you know? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm shook. I won't lie. I'm unbelievably shocked because like I said, this is my first time hearing these reviews. I just, I don't believe this is what should be, this should be happening. I mean, I'm very curious of how long of a lifespan this will have. Because just like us talking about this, right. this topic is not a right. not an uncommon topic to be talked about within the within the military community. I think we have gotten wise to it, and it's sad because right. This and is I think what they do. you know on their website they say they started in two thousand and four, you know, thirty years ago, <laughs> and Facebook was I think it started in two thousand five, two thousand six, but it wasn't prevalent. So now that we yes have this networking, like, yes, it's easier for a Martinsburg College representative to contact you, but it's also easier for us to share our experiences and to do this and to warn other people that maybe they have a program that you want and maybe that is how you want to use your MyCA. I'm not saying it's a worthless scam school. What I'm saying is they no. they offer benefits and payments to recruit. And think about any other college, like, you might have some recruiting events at like your high school or something, but I can't think of another college that will randomly just contact you. Just something to keep in mind. So, but that being said, once you've decided which college you want to go to, um, Shannon, where would be like the best place to start that process? Okay, so one of the best places you can go is there, on most spaces that I, at least I'm aware of, has an education center. And if you go to these education centers, You'll see other universities there. You'll normally see uh, UMGC. I think Troy is another common one you'll see and possibly a few others. They all have representatives there, normally a few each. And you can normally find them, I believe, Monday through Friday. They will be there. That is a good place to go and start talking to other universities that are already used to working with the military. That's also where you can also find out information of what programs do they even offer? What is something you even want to do? What is something you find passionate? Because that's something that you will find will drive you on the nights that you're doing a 15 page paper on something that you have no care of. You want to find a class, a course in um, a university or a program that's going to fit you and what you want. What is your end goal? And that's something that they can help at least steer you in a direction. And another thing that Education Center does offer, and this is something you can do on base, is they're called CLEP tests, which is um, C-L-E-P-S or the Dante's. Those are all things where you, if you're someone who tests well, what it is is you can go to the library, the base library, which is free access as long as you have your ID, you will do the protocol for the library. You go in and you can go to their section that's literally CLEP and Dante's. 
they have an actual normally a corner or a bookshelf that's strictly to them mm -hmm. and you can find like any of that basic information that you don't want to take those classes because a lot of times when you're starting your degrees or if you haven't gone to school in a hot minute you have to do all those prereqs mm -hmm. and i don't know about you perry but i hated history the opportunity to take a class or not even take a class, but test, test out of a class and mm -hmm. not even have to think about it after that day is brilliant. And these Clep and Dante's are only for, for spouses. There's, last time I checked, they're only $100. You pay for it. And that can save you hundreds, maybe yeah. thousands of dollars, depending on how many classes you can Clep and Dante out. I remember when we were stationed together in Germany um, on the main base, they had like a free Clep day. Do you remember that? Yep. And like everybody yeah, had like a field trip. Yeah, I love about like a field trip over to the other base. And I think Will took like four Cleps in one yeah. day because they waived the fees. And I think that's what got him his first associate's degree. Yeah. Because he is a very good test taker. Yeah. So that's why I have never done Dante's or Clep. It's definitely something to look at. It's something that can, yet again, save you time, even save you some money. So I guess that kind of like brings a little bit of this to a head. So one of our favorite parts of our episode is the NMRs, which is not really an, an NMR today because it is on topic. So we'll just call it our... Uh, I don't know, helpful advice, I guess, for the end of all of yes. this. So what we're going with today for that is how to balance school, life, and married life. Yeah, military Perry, life. Perry, you want to start off? Yeah, I'll start off. Um, so for me, really my biggest concern was balancing school with balancing travel in my social life and living and spending that quality time with my partner. And sometimes that means loading up ahead of time so you can go on a trip for me, I don't feel like I ever passed up an opportunity to do something because of schoolwork. I always got it done. I took it with me. Uh, while I was in the middle of my master's degree and I was living stateside, I went on a one-week snowboarding vacation in Austria and I just did my homework at night after people went to bed because your schoolwork can be hard and it can be depressing. So you have to make sure that you find that time for joy. My other piece of advice is when you get your syllabus, don't look at the syllabus because it's really daunting when you first see it all and you need to remember to take it day by day, week by week. Um, you might look at the end of your syllabus and it's going to say like your final 17 page paper and you look at it and you go, oh my God, I can't do this. I don't know anything about this topic. Well, you need to remember that in six weeks you are going to know about this topic. So I'd say forgive yourself, budget your time. Don't forget to live your life. And also it is okay to cry. I cried a lot during my master's degree. Um, <laughs> Shannon's cackling over there. I'm, I'm, I'm over here almost crying because that just, I, I'm just laughing from like, it's okay to cry. It's okay to cry. Sometimes you need to sit in front of your computer and have a full blown meltdown. And that is okay, honestly. Um, communicate with your teachers and your professors. College is not like high school. If you have to be late, 99.9% .9 of all of my professors, I have one that was a real dingbat. But other than that one, they're all really good. If you have to be like, hey, I have to go home. Hey, I'm flying. Hey, I'm PCSing. Hey, somebody died. Hey, my husband's TDY. I have six children. I don't know what to do. Can I have some time? If you can give them as much notice as humanly possible, most times college professors will work with you. And I think that's something you need to not be afraid to do, that would be my biggest advice. Forgive yourself, communicate with your professors, 
Um, and don't forget to keep your social life. So I guess my side of this is, I guess I have a little bit of, little bit of the opposite on that. I'm someone who likes to look at my syllabus. I like to know what's coming up, but also I'm a planner. So <laughs> for me, it works for me better to know what chaos is unfolding for me in the next week or two. It's good for me to know, okay, that seven page pa- that 17 page paper is due week six or week seven. Okay, so I need to know come week five, I at least have my resources ready to go instead of, you know, that Sunday morning going, hmm, I have a 17 page paper due. I have not done anything for it, and I should somehow try to cram three weeks worth of research and paper writing into about six hours. One thing I find for myself is I have this wonderful issue where I am a planner, but I'm also extremely easily distracted. And I found what worked best for me was making my own space. I needed my own desk, my own corner, my own little quiet spot of the house where I can literally just pick up my laptop go to my back corner, turn on some lo-fi music, and I found my own space, my own music. Just It helped me refocus on the days that life was just very chaotic. Can I add to that? And yeah, of course. So something, as somebody with an accounting degree, when you had a lot of spreadsheets and a lot of information, it is so important you have not only the right workspace but the right equipment for a while i was doing this all of it on my tablet and it was nearly impossible it is so worth it to spend the hundred dollars get a second screen get a external keyboard and mouse and do it that way because something that would take me like an hour to do on my tablet would take me 20 minutes to do with the right equipment in front of me invest in yourself yeah you have to invest in yourself like, it is so important you have those right tools. You have to make this easier for yourself. You don't have to tough it out, I promise. And one thing like we've talked about before is time management. Mm-hmm. Know yourself. Learn yourself. Know how you set yourself up for failure. Yeah. And one thing I have found for myself is I would have to set a exact time block for myself. I would have to say, okay, when I wake up at 7 o'clock in the morning, I'm going to have my coffee or have my tea, eat my breakfast, and I'm going to go into the back room starting at 9 o'clock, and I'm going to work on my homework till like 11 or 12, and then I'm going to take a break. I'll go for a run or do something to re, you know, to, to refocus my mind mm-hmm. and take my eyes off of the screen. Yeah. Don't set yourself up for failure. Don't leave that 17-page paper till like that Sunday afternoon. Start it at least on that Monday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Something I have found time and time again is if you take a break from school, whether it be from high school to you starting back up again or taking a summer off or taking a year or two off, let's say you have kids or something and maybe you take a few years off, that first semester back is the hardest semester. So please don't get discouraged. Like I noticed my GPA always dropped the very first, it doesn't matter how many classes I took, whether it was one class, whether it was four classes, those were always my worst. So don't give up if you're unhappy with your grades. Um... You just just keep going because you have to learn how to study. So I just want to say thank you to everyone who's still here. Yes. Thank you for everyone who's still listening. Um, I know this is only episode three. We have way more episodes planned. Um, I mean, like I've said, I'm a planner and I'm crazy. Yeah, Shannon has everything laid out and I'm literally week by week like, okay, what are we talking about? And then she tells me and then I go Reddit, pages into Reddit and... <laughs> way down deep and quoting legal documents but it's just who we are i think hey, that's we have yeah, exactly. yeah that's just who we it's are. a good example of we're two completely different people and we're going through the same journey 
thank you for listening. We are on Apple and Spotify, so please leave us a review. Give us some stars so we at least have something. Tell your friends. um, Thank you. We're a new baby podcast. We need love. We want to keep telling you things. We want to keep being a resource. We want to be your pretend audio friends. So (laughs) keep it up, guys. We want to be your audio while you drive to work. Yes. That would be fun. Please put me on in the car. Oh, I'd love to be on in the car. That would be amazing. So thank you, everyone, for listening to P.S. We Have Orders. And we'll talk to you in two weeks. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Please like and leave a review below on the episode. Follow us on Instagram at PS We Have Orders Podcast. This is a great place to leave comments and any ideas for future episodes. We would love your feedback as well. Thank you again for listening. We look forward to seeing everybody in their comment section on Instagram. Thank you.